So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. All right. With no pomp and circumstance whatsoever, we are now live. It is Smack Talk here on a Friday night. Rick Eugene, SP3, and the legend himself, Dutch Mantel. Uh, hey. we, are, we are flying blind at the moment right now. Hey, Rick. What all happened? of our settings got the lead. Got what happened deleted. to our mu- what happened to our music? Um, it got deleted out of the system. Uh, uh, uh are you serious? Uh, I, I, I never lie, sir. It's, I know uh, who did it, but I'm not going to say. But I'm I know not going to bury anybody. You know, it wasn't Sid. Then you don't what? belong in a you don't belong in a wrestling business. Yeah, it wasn't Jose. You know, it wasn't Jeremy. Wasn't me. Wasn't Dutch. Wasn't myself. Wasn't even Kenny Bolin. Was it, wasn't it you? Was I'm, it not gonna bury the, I'm not going to bury the person who did. It wasn't Mike, our social media guy. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll take your word for it. But we're going to have some uh, investigations into this. I want you to know that. Oh, we'll we, get to, we'll get sport, to the bottom of it. Sports Kita said they're going to order an investigation to see what happened here. And as well, they should. Because There's I like kind of investigate. Yeah, oh, I, I kind of like that opening. You know what I mean? And then all yeah. of a sudden, we don't have it. You uh, don't miss it till you don't have it. My boy, I mean? Blue, my boy Blue commenting early saying it was budget cuts. That's why it was gone. Uh, that's that's the reason why that, is, uh, why that is not uh, here. We appreciate you, everybody chiming in. Steve and Chris and Dante and uh, let's see. Uh, Molly, don't worry. We'll get there. Everybody chiming in. Jonathan, uh, Ozzy, I'm hoping for a bounce back tomorrow. Uh, Justin saying some stuff about Vince McMahon. Uh, we'll get to all of that guys. Trust me. This is going to be a, uh, Oh yeah. We're going to blast some people tonight. So don't, don't miss it. We got, we got three hours of wrestling to talk about, but of course the, the big story this week, yet another round of WWE releases and it gets more and more confusing and more and more head scratching. We got different reports flying all over the place. We got people saying now that uh, Keith Lee had attitude problems. And we got people saying it might be vaccine issues. And we got Nia Jax saying that's BS and this, that, and the other thing. So all we know for sure is 18 more people got released yesterday. A lot of 18. 18 18 more people stretched across every brand, including BFAB. Who just yes. signed a new contract last week? Was brought up with Hit Row in the draft, and now she's gone. Uh, you know, we'll 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 get to that as well. Oh, so that explains a question I was going to have. Yeah, what what happened to Bfab? Yeah, yeah she, was she wasn't there. To, she wasn't there tonight. Yeah, I said, what a, the hell? There's a good reason why she wasn't there. She ain't with the company anymore. She's okay, no what employed. what release shocked you the most? Oh, he's acting like he has to think about, like he hadn't no, thought really about it all day. Get, there were a lot of shocking ones, but if I had to guess, I would say Nia Jax, to be completely honest with you. She's got Bingo. Some, 
She's yep. got the she's got the family ties. Nah, she no was kidding. one of the most protected stars in all of the damn company. Like she never she's, lost. She's in the bloodline. Yes. Yeah. He's actually in it. That and one let, and to let her go. That one to me was the most surprising. Like what what about Carrie and Cross? Could you kind of see that coming? No, I didn't because Karrion Cross is tailor made, tailor made for a main event main roster push. And they just effed it up. They just effed it up. They had two guys signed, sealed, and delivered. Can't miss. Just take them from NXT, put them on the main roster, and let them flourish. And then for the sake of trying to reinvent the wheel, Tried to reinvent the wheel. They just said, all right, well, okay. So we have this dominant guy in carrying cross. He he hasn't lost a match in, in a year and a half. All right, so let's let's put him on Raw and we're gonna have him lose to Jeff Hardy in two minutes. Uh okay. Oh, by the way, we're gonna take away Scarlet. We're gonna take away his entrance. We're gonna take away all the, the flash and pomp and circumstance and everything that makes his, him appealing. We're gonna make him completely generic. Okay, he's gonna lose some matches. And he's still NXT champion, but that doesn't really freaking matter. Then he's going to drop the belt. Then we're going to give him a stupid gladiator mask and he's going to lose some more. And then, okay, this isn't working. He's not getting over with the audience. So we're going to repackage him. Nah, screw it. We're not going to repackage him. We're just going to release him. Mm -hmm. That's the way it went. And it happened in about, it happened in about six weeks, right? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it literally happened in maybe like three months. They, this is probably the, the greatest NXT call-up failure of all time, in my opinion. I know some people said before the Ascension, the Ascension, yeah, they were a dominant tag team, but they were a dominant tag team when they didn't have a tag team division in NXT. This dude, Karrion Cross, went through the entire Mount Rushmore of NXT. He beat every top guy from Johnny Gargano to Muscle Champa, uh, Finn Balor, Pete Dunne. Didn't matter. He beat them all. Adam Cole beat them all in a five-way. Then he gets to the main roster. He loses in two minutes. And then two months later, he's gone from the company. I don't know if anybody realizes this. The last six NXT champions... Half of them are gone. Half of yeah. them aren't with the company anymore. Mm -hmm. Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Adam yep. Cole, and you got two more that's contracts is about to be up in another month, a month and a half, and Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens, Kyle O'Reilly's contract is coming up in December. As far as what WWE wants, which is the bottom line and the money at the end, $256 million that they got in the last quarter, that's great. That's fine and dandy. But in the court of public opinion, they are losing this this battle right now because they just released all this talent. They just released someone who was dealing with mental health issues on the yeah. same week that AEW celebrates John Moxie for making a choice to put himself into rehab. Nia Jax is making a is making a similar choice with her mental health and wanting yeah. to take time off, and they fired her. That's mm -hmm. just, they look horrible. And not only that, you got Keith Lee who went through his whole ordeal this year with COVID. He got, the he got his fiance. The dude almost died. The dude almost died. Wait a minute. You guys are acting like they're supposed to have a heart. Oh, no, we no, know, I'm not. We, I'm we not. know they don't have a heart. It's well, business clearly. to them. And, and here's the other thing is like, they clearly have blinders on. Like they don't pay attention to shit 
outside of their own little bubbles. They don't pay attention to what the fans want. That was a bad word. Or what the modern day wrestling fans want from a modern wrestling show. They're not paying attention to anything out outside of their own mindset. And they have tunnel vision. They clearly have tunnel vision. And and Dutch, this is one thing I really well, wanted to I'm ask. I'm agreeing you. with you. This is something I really wanted to ask you because the report came out. Uh, I believe it was Wrestling Observer again. It's not all true. These, I didn't do it. I didn't write that bad all, check. All these different, all these different reports coming out. I'm I'm trying to make sure I get it right. Wrestling Observer said today that Karrion Cross lost favor with Vince McMahon because he failed to get over. How the hell is Vince McMahon going to fire Karrion Cross because Vince McMahon screwed up Karrion Cross? Mm-hmm. You had a surefire thing. You strip him from. Uh, you take away his valet. You take away his really freaking cool entrance, anything that made him stand out. You gave him generic entrance from WWE 2K21. You made him lose in his opening match. You didn't give him anything special to work with. All of his matches were short. All of his matches were the same. You put him in some goofy gladiator mask and a gimp suit. And then you're going to try and repackage him again and say, nah, he didn't get over with what we gave him, so he's gone. How? How? Why? In what world does that make sense, Dutch? Are you asking me, does it make sense? It doesn't make sense to me because why even bother with the, with the whole training center if you're just going to ignore what they produce? See, Vince didn't have this problem years and years ago because he had the territories training all these guys. So when a guy got over in a territory and went all around, now Vince knew or Vince Sr. or whoever brought him in that this guy was good to program with and he could carry it. I think Vince has lost faith in his own team and he doesn't trust them. So therefore he's going to make these, he's going to make these decisions unilaterally and he won't consult anybody else. Sorry for the people that happens to, but you're, you're dealing with Vince. How old is Vince now? 75, 75 years old. Something and, like and, 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 uh, I think he got his feelings hurt. He took over NXT, didn't he? Yeah, because Triple H is still out, uh, still out with uh, you know his ailment right now. It, it, there's well, definitely more of his fingerprints on it. Him, yeah. Kevin Dunn, and uh, and Bruce Pritchard for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, the one that surprised me most of any of them, uh, Karrion Cross, he surprised me. Uh, even Mia Kim, she surprised yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. But it was it was it was Nia Jax. That was the one that surprised me because, like I mentioned a while ago, she had the bloodline. She's related to Roman and the Usos and and, and all those guys. <clears throat> and uh, letting her go, that surprised me a lot. Who else? Who else did they release that was kind of a, a decent name? I had em- it written down. Ember Moon, who was yeah. on uh, NXT, and former NXT champion, former NXT Women's Tag Team champion. Uh, Eva Marie, who was just yeah. on Raw, they Good just God. re-signed. They just re-signed her to come back, and then to, they to me, let her go. To me, that one screams this didn't work out the way that we thought it would, because when she left, like in 2016, she was getting heat. Like even yeah. back in her NXT days, she got nuclear heat. All any any babyface had to do to be over with the crowd was stand next to Eva Marie. And I think they were hoping they, she would be able to generate that when they brought her back. And it just wasn't happening. Like people didn't like her, but it wasn't, you know, that that overall, you know, massive heat that you want to get from, you know, your, your, your top heels. And I think they just were like, well, this isn't really 
really working. That's me speculating. It could be something completely different. Uh, I know um, you got the reports about the vaccine status and four or five superstars didn't want to get vaccinated. So they were like, go. I don't know how true that is, but that's out there now. Like I said, there's a lot of things that are flying out there. The one that really, really surprised me, though, if we're going to talk about NXT is Frankie Monet. This uh, you, you you let go Taya Valkyrie after six months and six mm-hmm. matches. You just signed her in February. She was main roster ready when you brought her into NXT. You could have teamed her up with John. You keep John Morrison in the company. How would you like to be John Morrison right now, who is on the other side of the world on a European tour, and then your wife gets let go from the company that you're working for? And he was probably the one that told that talked her into coming 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 to the company when she could have went to AEW. Like so this was a girl that was with with uh, impact. Yes, Ty yeah, Valkyrie. I, I remember her. So I mean it's, I didn't pay a lot of attention there because I just I worked there for a year and they just give me a check and I would go to, go to creative meetings and just sit there like this and go, Yeah, whatever you guys want, man. So <laughs> but I mean <laughs> So Dutch, this is something that we've talked about before with with WWE just, just about hoarding. me. No, 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 no. Just WWE oh. hoarding hoarding all this talent. When yeah, they're warehousing at, them. Yeah. When you look at from 2020, right after WrestleMania, when the first round of cuts came out, to now, they've released over 120 wrestlers. That's just wrestlers. That's not you know, office staff, that's not catering mm-hmm. staff or, or, or PR staff or any of those other people that they've let go in the last year, 18 months, two years, 128 wrestlers. And they still have enough to staff four brands. That's, it's that's unbelievable. It, it really is. So, but all they do, like we we're talking about, they warehouse this, these talent for one year or two years or three years, they can release somebody and most people don't even know who they are. I mean, a lot of people don't even know who they are. Because do you watch Sid? Do you watch NXT? I do. Do you I watch do. it, Rick? Yeah. Well, ask me. Do I don't watch, watch it. it. Do you watch no. It? no. But I, I did. I do see the. I do see the ads for it. But the ads even seem weird to me. I mean, if I was a wrestling fan, and I see that, I go, I don't get it. It's almost. Too slick to be enjoyable because all the girls look like strippers and everybody is, 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 I mean, if I want to see that, just go down to pay 10 bucks, go to a strip club while you can drink watching it. But I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I do not understand it. Now I read a while back and tell me if you heard the same thing, Vince and company, they don't actually want independent wrestlers anymore. That's they won't. Not, yeah. They won't that's they want they want actors. Is that right or not? Actors, athletes, they want stars. They want basically okay. they want people that can command a presence, that have personality, that have athletic ability, that they can train to be wrestlers. They don't want just they want they want a piece of clay that's that they can mold instead of a finished product. They want somebody basically. like Braun Strowman. Somebody who has a a something special about them that they believe that they can mold and turn into a future world champion, which again makes no sense why they let go Braun Strowman no, when they I was about to say, had Braun Strowman. That, that, that worked out great for Braun Strowman, huh? I mean, it did until they ruined him. 
Man, if you would if you would have told SP3 in January that Nia Jax and Braun Strowman wouldn't have a job in November, I would have called you a damn liar. I would have challenged. I would have slapped you with the white gloves and challenged you to a duel because I think you were trying to play me. Because it seems preposterous that they would, would let go will, of those two. I will pay you to put white gloves on to slap Rick. I'd want to see that. I'd, I'd send you a tip. There we go. After, after the two weeks I've had, come on, a, a slap in the face would be uh, a, a welcomed at this point. Um, but man, I'll, I'll throw Bray Wyatt in there, man. Yeah. Talking about budget cuts and a guy who makes you you money, you know, hands over fist. And that's the other thing that comes out is now all of a sudden, you know, some of these guys were difficult to work with. Some of these guys had attitudes backstage. Or Dutch, is it just? Some of these guys didn't like their booking. They realized yeah. it didn't make any damn sense, and they they tried to defend themselves, and all of a sudden, now they're a problem to work with. Okay, well, you have a whole staff, and we've countered them in SmackDown. Sometimes they would use 14 guys or 14 talents or 16 out of 60. So you're not going anywhere if they're not doing something with you on, on TV. And the guys, if they express that, I don't know who they expressed it to, but the the little creative people would run right to Vince and say, well, he's he's kind of hard to work with. And, you know, see, it doesn't take a lot to get you run off in wrestling. See, a creative is yeah. around. They said, well, what about that Rick Uchino guy? And so I said, oh, he's okay. And I go, eh, you know, that Rick, I don't have to say up or down, but that Rick, like I'm not really – in, you know, in sync with you. And that sometimes is all it takes to get you just almost, you know, you when, know who when you, you know? get canceled there, you get canceled, you get run off. Yeah. And it's funny because John Moxley put that in his book uh, th that came out this week about Kevin Dunn, that Kevin Dunn had a problem with him and kind of said something, something similar to what you just said, Dutch. And that messed him up for the rest of his career in WWE. Oh. Yeah, By the you, way, that book is fantastic. I'm about 120 pages in. It's only like 270. I didn't know what to expect. It's absolute chaos, but it is it's hilarious. It is really, really good stuff, by the way. So good. That's that's out now. Um, but yeah, man, this is just another way. At a certain point, like enough has to be enough. But we keep saying that. But every time they have a quarter a quarter quarter earnings call where they Talk about how we made another quarter of a billion dollars. Then they released 20 more people. At what point, Dutch, you talked about, you know, in our our, our extensive uh, show prep meeting earlier uh, about how you had a new theory on this. What, 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 is, what is your well, new well, theory? Well, the new theory is if you look at wrestling now, WWE, and I'm going to compare it to AEW. Sure. I saw WWE show tonight. Of course, then we watch AEW. Uh -huh. There's so much difference between those two shows. It's night and day. AMW, they AEW, they don't go for all the all the gimmicks that WWE does. But their wrestling is actually so much better. I mean, you can watch these guys and admire what they do. WWE looks like just a bunch of entrances. And especially the girls back and forth and they're going in and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And after a while you go, come on guys, do something. Yeah. But I don't know. I think AEW, did anybody read the wall street journals story about AEW and WWE? No, 
No. Well, I tried to read it, but since I don't subscribe to <laughs> Wall Street Journal, they wouldn't let me read it. But uh, but they said this is the closest thing WWE has has come to a real fight. This yeah. WCW. Well, yeah, yeah, that, and it's and it's and it's the closest thing. And I do like. We're going to talk about them a little more extensively in a little bit, but. AEW, they actually showcase a lot more talent than yeah. WWE does. They don't have the same guy appearing every week on the same show. They got too many people, not enough airtime. That's part of it. That that's part of it. But they do do a good job of getting their yeah. main people out there. Not a, they don't always have to wrestle, but getting their main people out there. They're not filling up 16 minutes with a Roman Reigns entrance. They're not. Yeah. You know, and and granted, two different now types. They of don't take sixteen minutes to do a Roman Reigns interest, Rick. We, they only literally, take, they only take seven. But literally, seven. I I missed the first like six seven minutes of the show. You didn't I miss didn't need, I didn't need to rewind it back because I saw Roman Reigns in the ring, and I was like, oh, I just missed his entrance. Yeah, <laughs> like like you, I you know missed, it now. You missed the the opening credits. The recap from last week, uh, Roman Reigns entrance, an, another highlight, uh, and then you know him standing in the ring talking about running naked on a beach somewhere last week. No, I, that's, I, that's what I that's what I caught it. That's what it actually got interesting. I was like, but I knew because I've been so conditioned of watching the show every week, and no, Roman can't get to the ring within like two minutes. It literally takes the whole ten minutes for opening segment that he's supposed to have for him to just make an entrance. Um, but I totally like I, I was saying it before, but I love that Dutch is saying it now. Like AEW is really like if you want to see a wrestling show, yep. I think that's we have like a two hour pre show where they it, it says wrestling on the marquee, but they don't but always try to they don't always try to be wrestling. And then you have a one hour show that is a wrestling show, like yeah. especially the last two weeks. You know, me and Dutch, we talked about it last week that that was far and away the bit. It was like a 10 8 round for AEW last week. This was a little bit closer because they have Roman on SmackDown, but just the wrestling and the promo that we got on AEW was just so different for what you saw the two hours in SmackDown. Since, since we're talking about SmackDown, they usually try to they, they usually try to do something in that first segment to keep you tuned through the whole show. Mm-hmm. To, today was light. I wasn't really tuned in to see Roman or the Usos fight uh, the New Day. That didn't yeah. excite me at all, and because I knew the finish, you knew Roman was going to come in there somewhere. Right. And even though the the Usos uh, they lost. Uh, they beat him up, and but that's so predictable. It is. It was. It, it was. There was a couple of things that I I appreciated out of Smack. Well, at least one big thing that I appreciated out of SmackDown tonight, and I saw a lot of people saying that, talking about you know this show sucked and yada show blah blah and lack star power. Look, they took a lot of talent from Friday Night SmackDown, and at least tonight, boy, they did. They, they took a lot away, but you know what? At least tonight, they put the focus on a lot of different people that don't get a whole lot of time on screen. We saw a lengthy promo from Shotzi Blackheart tonight. We saw uh, Hit Row do something with Sami Zayn tonight. We saw um, uh, what's that Ridge Holland even put over Sheamus for some weird Hey, reason. he would have been better off not even doing anything on TV. <laughs> I think that interview hurt him. We, uh, uh, 
a tag match between Garza and Carrillo and Cesaro Mansoor. That was weird. Uh, Ricochet getting some time to shine tonight. I mean, there were yeah. a lot of different people out there who aren't these stars. mega stars. They could have easily just filled 15 minutes with Charlotte and Sasha tonight doing a promo exchange and, and, and called it a day. They weren't even on the show tonight. And frankly, no. I, I didn't miss them tonight, to be completely honest with you, because at least they tried to showcase different talent. Does that mean I liked everything I saw tonight? No. Oh, hell to the no. no. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> Not even close. But I appreciate them trying. And I do like the fact that they built a show around Xavier Woods. That's yes. the thing that excites me about this is they are actually – elevating Xavier Woods after he won King of the Ring. So, Dutch, you were responsible for the one thing me and Rick agreed on, and that was use Xavier Woods winning King of the Ring to set him up as a challenger for Roman. So how do you feel in this week where it seems like our booking idea, where where the mega powers, we we finally united, it's finally coming into fruition on what we're seeing on TV? No, I, I, I understand the point. You're getting an opponent for Roman, but I don't think it'll do anything. I really don't. It, and it, I don't know why. Maybe he's too ingrained in the New Day. I mean, and he was always like used in the middle. But see, I don't I don't see. I don't. If Roman went against uh, Xavier, I don't think anybody would expect him to beat him. But with with Brock Lesnar, you kind of expected that, yeah, and it right. didn't happen. So well, nobody thought Xavier Woods would beat Bobby Lashley either, and Xavier Woods beat Bobby Lashley this year. So I mean, look, it's I've a, always it's, thought- a, it's a it's a work, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Go buy a ticket. I I think this whole storyline lines up great. You're gonna have Roman Reigns versus Big E uh, at Survivor Series in two weeks. They're not. I actually like the fact that they're not cramming Survivor Series like promos down our throat yet because we all know what Survivor Series is about. We know what's coming up in two weeks. They don't need to cram the fact that it's brand to brand supremacy, man. No, appreciate that. I wish they would find themselves a little bit in the middle because we are on two episodes left where I would at the end of the show, I was just like, okay, this is kind of different. So it's cool, but I'm still like, Maybe I should mention Survivor Series is coming up because they haven't even they well, act we like hasn't even happened. We already know what the card is, Sid. It's Becky versus Charlotte. It's 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 Roman versus Big E. It's gonna be Shinsuke versus Damian Priest. It's gonna be uh, a five on five for the men and the women. There's five matches right there. Done. I want to know is Happy Corbin on it. That's what I want to oh, know. Oh Fudge. God, I hope not. Man, they, I, I, I think that we, me, me and Dutch have been through so much emotions with Corbin. We, we crapped oh. on him. They've killed him now. I'm, I'm agreeing with Rick. <laughs> they did. They, they did. Killed, they've killed him dead in hell. It's, it's Dutch, like Rick, you know? Rick, Rick wrote Madcap Moss. He wrote it to no, ruin Happy not. Corbin. Yes, no, yeah, you did. did. I think you did. No, I did not. I was looking forward to Happy Corbin. I hated Bombass Corbin. But Happy Corbin's worse uh, than than Bombas Corbin. <laughs> By the way, you know who we don't hear? Oh, this guy's difficult to work with backstage. You know who we don't hear those rumors about? 
Who? Baron Corbin, because that mf says yes to whatever WWE says for him to do. They tell him to go trot out with some suspenders and belt-wearing dork and crack bad jokes to try and get heat, and he says, thank you, sir. Give me another paycheck. I don't blame him. I don't either. But because, because they know, the guys that are smart know that you can't fight that system. Yeah. You just go with it and just breeze right through it. The whole time I was there, whatever you need, just tell me, just give it to me. And I, I didn't say, ah, oh, this is stupid and this is stupid. I just didn't even ask him. I just go and take some stuff out. And they never said anything. So, and I think part of that is I've been in the, I was in the business so long and the agents would never say nothing to me. The little writers would never say, and Vince never said anything to me. So, lot to be said for, you know, being around for a long time. You get respect. Well, so you, we, we've heard how difficult it is to get a hold of Vince McMahon on. Uh, on oh, you can't. Yet. You can't. Well, it's according to who you are. Yeah. You, you, if you were Roman Reigns, he wouldn't be hard. Or if it was, uh, uh, if it was Brock Lesnar, it wouldn't be hard. Yeah. So, but if Rick Uchino went in there well, and they say, Hey, Vince, uh, Rick Uchino from Sports Keto wants to see you. What the hell? Throw him out. Uh, I, I was going to say, I, 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 if, if me and Sid were there, we'd help him. We just chuck you out the door. If I was backstage at a WWE show and I was knocking on Vince's door, they would have me arrested because they'd be like, who the hell is this and why yeah. are they backstage? Well, they <laughs> yeah, could. Probably. probably so. And some PR guy would get fired. That's that's pretty much what would. Uh, but I'm, I I am time. agreeing with you on SmackDown tonight. They did take a, a pile of what I thought would be a pile of crap and made it kind of work. It was not a bad show tonight. It, but you know who you know who I'll, I'm I'm starting to like now is McIntyre. Oh, I love Drew. Yeah, he was uh, very good tonight, and even tonight, Ricochet got over better yep. by just being in the same ring with McIntyre and holding his own. And then he came back with the interview. What's the guy's name? Mohammed? Uh, Mustafa, Mustafa. Ali. Mustafa Ali. And I, I thought they were going to team up, but they didn't. And he called him a jerk and walked off. Yeah, that made sense. That did make sense. Yeah, He's right, because the MO for Mustafa Ali since he turned heel has been I'm going to lose matches and blame everybody else on it. And that's <laughs> he did that with retribution. He did it with Monsoor. I thought they kind of ended the, the month. See, I thought him and Monsoor would fight at, in Saudi Arabia and then they would come back and they would team up again. Like, I really didn't think they were actually oh, like breaking oh, no. them up. I thought there might be a way to kind of turn them back. Cause I thought they worked really, really well together. And now we're getting a makeshift team of Cesaro and Monsoor, which I'll, I'll talk about that. I don't. I don't get that at all. That was so it. random, and it just screamed together. It screamed, "We don't have enough people to make up more tag teams." That's what that screamed to me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's almost like shit. Maybe we shouldn't have split up Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Maybe we should Ali. stop splitting our tag teams. Uh, you think? <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe Mansoor and and Cesaro are going to be. Are gonna be done because Mansoor, the more he teams up with people, the more they lose their damn matches. This was one of the weirdest things to me. I was gonna save this for later, but I'm watching this match, and Cesaro has a hell of a hot tag run. 
he's he gets the he he gets the swing going and then he literally gets shoved over and gets covered for a pin and Mansoor has to break that up for some reason so a shove over when 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 Cesaro hasn't been hit with anything almost ended the match then he gets <laughs> up and he gets hit with two kicks and the finisher and he's done he got beat so damn fat he went from hero to zero like that and i'm like is this the same cesaro that went toe to toe with roman reigns just a few months ago what the hell are we doing the same cesaro that beat seth rollins at wrestlemania and everybody was like oh man this is his star making moment no he was a challenger for a month then he went right back to the back of the line. And it made this whole this whole finish to this matchup. I was like, Mansoor is right there. Like, <laughs> like, why can't you just beat Mansoor? This made me look at his con. When is Cesaro's contract up? Because that's what this screamed to me. It's time to go. He just resigned this year. Oh man. What, what oh, why what, do people years? keep making this making these mistakes? But here's a mistake. Here's the thing, Sid. It doesn't matter when his contract is up. It doesn't matter if you just signed a new deal, if you just got drafted to Raw, if you just got repackaged, if you just got a brand new new storyline, if you're a champion, if you're one of the company's top money-making guys. It doesn't matter. No one. It doesn't matter. No one is safe. You can lose your job at any damn time. If any of these cuts have told us anything, it does not matter. All that contract guarantees is your money as long as you're there and you can be let go up for any reason at any time with a i guess what's the 90 day notice 30 day notice or whatever they got it's it's so different for people most nxt stars it's 30 days main roster 90 yeah Mm -hmm. depending on if they sign the paperwork correctly well it's uh i had a lot of faith in wwe before but unless something changes, they're going to – now, they will continue to make money because of their syndication deal and their Saudi Arabia deal. But their shows won't be long-term enjoyable to watch yep. because now WWE is hit and miss, hit and miss. And AEW, as much as I hate to say it, I mean, they are bringing you wrestling matches because that's who he's hired. He's hired wrestlers, not actors, not stunt people, not, you know, well-known athletes, but guys who get in there and dig. So I'm going to say something about AEW, and then we'll, you, we can go back and talk whatever. Yeah, the interview tonight between Punk and uh, what's the kid's name? Eddie, Eddie can't remember. Oh, it was very, very, very good. And when they got to fighting, they pulled them apart. Yeah. WWE, you would never see a pull apart. Nope. Never. And that used to be a standby, a standby finish. We'll just pull them apart. And people used to get excited. And they had great face shots of Eddie and, uh, and Punk when they were going out. So, and I think I'd almost watch the pay per view to see that match. Oh, yeah. That bought that, that, that sold me. Like, yeah. If, if nothing else, if, Forget Adam Page and, and Kenny Omega. Forget the TBS title tournament. Forget anything else that's going to be on this damn show. I'm buying yeah, that's it for it. that damn match. Yep. I'm Absolutely. buying it for that damn match. The thing I love, this might have been my favorite promo exchange 
in the last 10 years. And you want to know why? It's because it it, it wasn't just a, a bunch of, of written lines or an exchange of catchphrases or a bunch of shit that didn't matter. There, You could cut the tension. You could feel the realism. I felt the tension in my damn basement in Cincinnati, Ohio. Where was Rampage tonight? Uh, St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, so two damn states away. I felt the tension right here. There was a lot of real stuff in that promo, real backstage behind it. You could tell by the language that Eddie Kingston yeah. used. There was some real shit there, and it works. Because that's what wrestling is supposed to do. It's supposed to put you in that zone. I've talked about it before. Is it real? Is it not? But they're in this zone so much. You got to believe, hey, these guys are, they mean this. So, and it was a good interview too. And I don't know, I, I, I think they probably just went in the back and made up a bunch of stuff. And, Maybe. and, and, and no, that's what they did. I know what they did. I, and they, they winged it. Of course, they had, you know, cut points where it'd say this, this, but they knew exactly what they were doing. And then member CM Punk, he kind of got a little more serious toward the end, and yeah, and you knew something had to happen. So I was expecting that, but like in WWE, if two guys are fighting, nobody ever runs in, pulls them apart, or anything. But here they had all the referees, and I and I, I was thinking, even watching the referees, I'd going, ah, referees is not enough. Just as I said it, here the other guys come down the ramp, so they pulled them apart. So. Now, the people that saw that, if you felt it in Cincinnati, of course, you were shell-shocked because your Cincinnati Bearcats are not in the top four. But we won't talk about that. But if you felt that tension in uh, in Cincinnati, the people in the building, they felt it more because they seemed to be really, really uh, uh, in sync with that segment. And it was very well done. It just felt authentic. There's a level of realism that not many people can get to in wrestling, and Eddie Kingston gets to it probably the most consistent that I've seen in quite some time. And I think that there's a nugget of truth in all of Eddie Kingston's promos because he did that with John John Moxley, with uh, Moxley bringing up his mom and stuff. And I think the nugget of of, uh, truth to it was I think Punk's lines – is, was given to him by Eddie Kingston. Because if you know one thing about Eddie Kingston, he's gotten a level of success like this year and last year that he never thought he could in professional wrestling. And he's a very self-deprecating guy. So I feel like he's the one that told Punk, tell me that you and all, all the legends of the independents saw greatness at me, but uh, I failed you guys because that's how he felt until he got signed with AEW last year. Well, and, and the two guys in the segment, Punk and Kingston, they both felt it too. So yeah. all we got to go in the ring, and they said, "Hey," and all they said was, "Hey, let's shoot it." Yeah, and, and so they were actually shooting out there. Yeah, it started off slow. Like it's for me, it started off weak. Like Punk was pissed off because Kingston like interrupted him, and he he didn't have this match last week because he wanted to, um, you know, he wanted an apology and wanted to settle his business, and that's why he didn't enter into the you know eliminator tournament. This I thought all that was weak sauce, and I thought the you know the tiny violin line was this that it almost lost me in the beginning because it it just started off on a weak note, and then went 
from zero to holy shit balls in like a blink of an eye. All of a sudden, Kingston went full shoot style promo mode and sucked me in. And it was the best thing I've seen in quite some time uh, from there on out. So, yeah, that's that's how it's done. That's. But see, they can take a situation like this and revisit that same situation in three months. I mean, I don't know how long this is going to go, but if they hated one each, one, one another at one point, very easy to regenerate or relight that fire. Sure. And then yeah. they could put that in the background, revisit it when they need to in about three months or when this one dies down, wait a, a month or two, a couple months and go back to it. Let's stay on Rampage here for uh, a little bit because I did think that it was the better show tonight by by a mile. Uh, we talk about SmackDown opening up with, you know, 15 minutes of, of talking and entrances and this, that, and the other thing. Two different style of shows. I feel like SmackDown, it's like, shoot, how are we going to fill two hours tonight? And Rampage is more like, crap, how are we going to get everything in an hour? Tonight? <laughs> That's what it looks like. It does look like that. 100%. Yes. So Rampage opens up right out of the gate. It's Brian Danielson. It's Anthony Bowens. But before we even get to the match, God Max damn Caster. Max Caster. <laughs> Holy hell. That rap, that line. I don't, if you didn't catch it, if you don't know who Brian Danielson's father-in-law is, it's John Laurinaitis. And that yeah. line where he says, I end more careers than your father-in-law. No, I, I end careers faster, faster than, than your father-in-law. Than your father-in-law. That was a great line. Savage. Absolutely savage. I don't know if it was poor taste or not, but my. No, it was great. Lord. No, it was great. Yeah. It yeah. was great because he was playing to the audience. Yeah. And they know that. Now, like most people who don't know it, it the line doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but for those who know, that makes them feel like more uh, kind of in the know with it. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. And and AEW, they'll understand it. In AEW, they have the the more wrestling savvy smart fans. They don't they don't have a, a half stadium full of casuals. That kind of line dropped in WWE would go completely over half the audience's head. Max Caster was playing to the crowd that he knows. They knew exactly what he meant by that. Taz popped. Danielson smiled. I mean, it was, I couldn't pay attention to the first 10 minutes of the match because I'm just sitting here like, did he just F and say that? That was good stuff. But yeah. Uh, Brian so who, who is, so who is the guy that Danielson wrestled? Bowens? Uh, Bowens. Anthony Bowens. Anthony Bowens. And who's he, who's he with? Uh, Max Caster. So they are, uh, they're a team. Acclaimed. Okay. Acclaimed. Yes. That was a good match. That Bowens is, a, he's good. Very yeah. good. He's an East Coast guy. He was on the independence over here. Um, like he he's openly um gay and like he, he was very much like an advocate for representation in wrestling. So he's someone that I've seen since like before his time in AEW. So I'm happy. I know this was a dream of a lifetime to be in there with an all-time great wrestler like Brian Danielson. And he had a good show. He looked very strong in the defeat. Oh, he did. And, and Brian Danielson, again, his seventh, I think this is the seventh match with a seven different finish for him yeah. in the matchup. He just mm -hmm. keeps doing it. Yep. So you said Bowens. Is that his name? Bowens? Bowens. 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 So you say he's gay, which I don't care about. What do you mean representation inside the business? 
well representation of the lgbtq uh oh, i see community. i see yeah i see mm-hmm. but sometimes when you put politics in with your job it gets all messed up so i, I wish him success but i don't know what do you think rick what's rick doing rick, uh, rick you, are you smoking a joint <laughs> Yes, yes, I am. Did you see him bend over like that? Yeah, yeah. He was like, I'm looking for, I'm looking for representation of potheads. He's doing, doing drugs. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Hey, you got riddle. (laughs) You got, you got hammered, buddy. I'm along the same line of, you know, I come from a long line of RVDs and you know, Matt Riddles and and all sorts of stuff. No, I'm look. Be who you are. Be proud of who you are. Okay. Did you like? What's the girl that worked with uh, the blonde-headed girl? She was on second tonight. The, the bunny, bunny and Red not yeah. bunny. We, we, we on SmackDown. Who was the girl they interviewed that used to be? Is is her name Knox? No. Oh, sorry. You're uh, you're thinking Shotzi. 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 Yes. Did you like that interview? I did. I did. Uh, there were some things that. Um. I'm not too keen on nothing to do with her delivery or the promo that they gave her, but what it might mean for her moving forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I hate when I have to be the negative person on here because people say I'm irritating when I, when I have to be talk about, uh, the I have seen some comments in the, uh, in the section. Yes. <laughs> yes. I see. Wait, I'm talking. reading one right now. Boy, that shit is an irritating bastard. <laughs> but I just have to say, Shotzi Blackheart, is giving me very much Becky Lynch vibes. Not not saying that you know she's as good as Becky Lynch, that she's as you know over as Becky Lynch, but she's someone that's very talented, that's very likable. And when you try to make someone who's very likable and an over babyface a heel, it just comes off so cringing, forced. And that's what that promo screamed to me. That promo screamed to me. This is the most forced thing she's ever been said, told to do or told to say out loud because it was like, I got to put my chest up and I got to, I got to have a, a, a heel voice when I cut this promo. She, she sounded like, like she wanted to cry through the whole thing. I don't know if that was intent. Like I'm going to be so pissed off about you you know how like you get pissed and you're on the verge of crying because you're so pissed i think that's what she was going for but 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 it was like she was told to do that it wasn't she didn't give me the feeling that that was her emotion it was the the that was the emotion they wanted her to express and therefore i read it i read it on the piece of paper they gave to her like act emotional like that's how obvious it was forced yeah, so I'm 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 with you on that, Sid, because I've I've interviewed Shotzi before. I know people who know her personally. She is just an absolutely lovely human being. So it, it's one of those things where if you don't have that side to you, it is hard to express uh, that out onto the screen. So yeah, maybe maybe she'll get into it. She has done some acting, so you know maybe she can you find her groove here. It's really the first time we've seen her as. A heel period she's pretty much yeah. been a baby face her entire time in the company what but, happened to her partner uh they got split in the draft uh because reasons uh and we haven't seen tegan knock since uh she's a member of the raw roster now uh, but that's the part that i did like about shotzi's promo is it was all 
Ever since I got here, I've been losing. I lost my tag team partner. I lost that on shots of the championships, even though we were freaking winning matches. Um, you know, I lost last week to, to Charlotte uh, because Sasha Banks screwed yep. me out of it. And that was my boiling point. And now I'm going to run over everybody and I don't need a tank to do it. And that's the thing that scares me the most is they're going to take away her damn tank. They're going to take away her tank. They're going to rip away everything that makes her unique and makes her likable. And then she's going to get the carrying cross treatment. She's going yep. to get the generic heel treatment. And then she's, I hope to God she gets this over because if she does, I do too. We see, we see the ramifications of what happens. If you can't get their shit over, they get mad at you. Well, yeah, but, they but, get mad at you. But see, you don't, I, I don't get it because it's creative who's telling her what to do through Vince. But if they don't get over, they're blaming the, the talent. Yeah. yeah. So the talent is out of a job, not the people that wrote the idiot stuff down. Nope. Well, I, I was glad to see tonight my old buddy, Happy Corbin. <laughs> and Were I you? Oh, you I sure? Would, I, well, not really, but hang on, hang on. And then they not... they put him in there with the Vikings. Oh, you have something else to put in there before we get to this? Well, yeah, I, we're kind of bouncing all over hell uh, here. Here, well, we're waiting for you to moderate. So he's not well, doing. I'm, job, I was Sid. in the process of moderating, and then you jumped me back to SmackDown. <laughs> I was going to bring up Bunny and Red Velvet and finish out. Uh, okay, before we went back to SmackDown. Okay, go ahead. So, anywho, uh, yeah, so. Bunny and Red Velvet. Uh, this one was kind of short. I was surprised this one was as short it, as it was. It was it's about, a girls. It's a girls match. Yeah, but this ain't WWE. This is AEW. Uh, but it's two girls that are not their two of their best workers. If this was Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho in there, yeah, they probably or Karishita and Serena Deeb, how they tore it up on oh, uh, Dynamite Christ. two weeks ago. But if it was them, yeah, they would have got ten. 10 11 minutes but if it's red velvet who's who's still you know learning she's still a little bit green in the ring and the bunny who has been improving but still not one of their best workers i think that's why they kept it short for there, good there, reasons there was a spot i think it was a spinning heel kick where they missed it by a mile and a half i mean <laughs> the the camera work really really helped them out but i think the bunny was pretty much flat on her back by the time that you know red <laughs> Of its leg uh, was coming through. So there was some spots that were off in this match, but I'll tell you what, Red Velvet took a couple of really, really stiff shots, or at least she did a great job of selling the fact that she going into the stairs, going into the turnbuckle, she made that look like a million bucks. Yeah. But again, kind of talking about what we were with uh, uh, Cesaro earlier, she got her ass kicked this entire match until the finish. She it was literally zero to hero in this instance where she got her ass kicked the entire match and the bunny went from, I'm, I got this, this is perfectly fine to, oh, I've been hit with one move, final slice, that's it, I'm done. Three minutes later. But, uh, you know, I, I don't really like those kind of finishes. It's almost like they were yeah. told to go home. Uh, like they got the, like, crap, we're over on time, let's go home. Uh, but uh, congratulations to Red Velvet. They... Uh, She's going to get squashed by Jake Cardgill. So, yeah, good, good, 
Hey, they're continuing a rivalry that I think is smart. It's a building block type of rivalry for their women's division because you got Jay Cargill and Red Velvet. They're both kind of green, but Jay Cargill had her first matchup against Red Velvet and Cody Rhodes with Shaq. He had, she had her first singles matchup against Red Velvet. So this is kind of to see where she's at again in her development. She's going to go against Red Velvet again going to be her then again so i think yeah. in the future the long-term goal should probably be for red velvet maybe to be the person to beat to beat jay cargill for the tbs championship if she wins this tournament uh, we're we're kind of agreed jay cargill's winning this whole damn thing right like, I, it sure feels I, like I, that i i have to i have to be biased ladies and gentlemen and i've got to root for thunder rosa because she's my favorite female wrestler my favorite wrestler in general in wrestling today thunder rosa so whoever wins jay cargo versus thunder rosa in the tbs women's championship tournament that's who's going to win the top i'm rooting for thunder rosa as well and that's not because she literally followed me on twitter while we were doing this show which was kind of surprising so hey sweet but i'm not uh, i'm not just rooting for her for that i, I think she would be great for that oh you a bunch of biased journalists i just My think God. I, I all just it takes think, is to follow you on Twitter. She already follows me in True Hill Heat on Twitter. Just want to say that. I'm stopped following you right now. <laughs> you just lost a follower, Rick. I believe it. I look I at hate it every that. day and watch my count go down. Uh, <laughs> usually after I bitch about something that the Reds or the Bearcats or the Bengals do, I lose about four or five followers. So, you know, but I still think J I just get this feeling like it's Jade Cargill's to lose. Uh, even though I am uh, rooting for uh, for Thunder Rosa in this one. Then we go to our main event tonight, um, which I thought was the match of the night. They, they, they saved the best for last throughout both shows, and there was, a, there was some good matches on SmackDown tonight, albeit pretty short. John Silver and Adam Cole have some damn chemistry with one another. Yeah, these they do. Two, these two hit hard, fast, and fluid, and it was just – it was a joy to watch. Like, I can't really – Usually I could pick out one or two spots in a match where I'm like, holy hell. I was every single move in this match had me convulsing almost and having some kind of verbal cue come out of my mouth. I don't know how many swear words I said in this match, but it was over a dozen. Like this was just <laughs> where is John Silver from? I know he's based out of the East Coast Indies. I'm not sure where he's from exactly, but I know he's he was up he was over here on the east coast in the indies him and uh alex reynolds before they just they just got brought in to be like do some extra work they were just supposed to be a tag team to lose on dynamite and they yeah. got a job because of it they worked hard and they got got a role and john silver's over with the fans yeah he is yep well he knows how to get over if you watch what he does he plays to him and he'll recognize him so He's he's creating a, a relationship with them. That's, you can't teach somebody to do that. They either do it or they don't. Yeah. And this guy was he's good at he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And here the thing I love most about this was actually Adam Cole at the beginning selling the concerto that he got on Wednesday. Yes. Because I thought this was really, really stupid to have Adam Cole wrestle two days after taking a concerto. Because this is a move that WWE has used quite often to write guys off for months. Months at a time. And Adam Cole was wrestling two days later. So I was at least happy that they were talking about him, you know, having medical going out and having to get medical clearance. And then he was showing signs of dizziness in this matchup. They made it make sense. 
And maybe Christian just doesn't throw a concerto as well as Edge. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But it that was, was it. It was nice to see them at least make an attempt to make it make sense because I did think it was kind of dumb that Adam Cole was wrestling two days after taking a concerto. He did something tonight. He held his knee for a second. Did you see that? I think he was trying to sell like he he was woozy. He was holding on to his knee. Okay, to, like, that was to, it. Not, to not fall over. But I liked it because but it I liked it too. It protected him in the in the matchup, and it gave you the doubt that John Silver could win because he was still uh, selling the after effects of the concerto. There, there so were a couple of spots there where I thought John Silver had the match won. Like it was, I was like, "But damn, are they really going to put John Silver out over Adam Cole? That's a good match." When yeah, you have a match yeah. like Adam Silver, or excuse me, John Silver and Adam Cole, where 99% you think Adam Cole's going over, and you can make you honestly believe that the other guy's going to win halfway through or almost towards the finish, that's a good match, in my book. Well, I think some of those writers, the creative team, they're watching AEW. Either they're going to they tape it and watch it. But if they go back with some of these ideas that they're seeing there, they may fire them. You know what I mean? Yeah. This was <laughs> but, a wrestling this was a wrestling show tonight and it was really really damn good. Uh, everything on Rampage top to bottom. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more time. I'm nitpicking. A little bit more time for Bunny and Red Velvet, but I mean this was a good show tonight. Sid, really, let me really add, what what was the ratings last Friday night when we talked about it? Um I think Remember, I, I Raw think Smackdown was on FS1. Yeah. They did. They did over a million on FS1, and I think uh, Rampage did uh, over five hundred thousand again. So they both went up. Yeah, they were. Well, I think Rampage was basically even with the week before, but yeah, uh, WWE was definitely up. So SmackDown carried a million people to another channel. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty strong. It is. That is strong. That's uh, that's great numbers anyway. You slice it, Andrew. Why does uh, all of WWE's belts now have Velcro on them? I'm gonna go. That's the way they make them. I'm gonna go with budget cuts. Uh, yeah. Velcro, Velcro is cheaper than the uh, the, the little metal snaps. So blame that con guy. That is gonna be the new line from now on. Anytime WWE does anything, it's gonna be budget, budget cuts. cuts. Budget yep. cuts. Even though, even though I think of what their new CFO or whoever the hell they hired today got like an eight hundred thousand dollars signing bonus or something, didn't I see that? <laughs> budget cuts. That's, that's budget cuts, it. ladies and gentlemen. Budget, budget cuts. cuts. That's exactly what it is. All right, so let's go back in and fill the gaps in uh, SmackDown. We talked about the opening segment with the Bloodline and the New Day. Then we go to Naomi, Shayna Baszler, and the saga with her and Sonya Deville continues. Dutch. Do you think this thing needs to reach a conclusion sooner no, rather than later? No kidding. <laughs> it's starting to drag. We it predicted not? it three months, right or not? Yes. But hey, let's let's pull the trigger on it. Let's do something with it. Let's either juice it up or kill it. One or the other, and let's go. This this screams to me they don't have an end game. Nope. They put. They just started doing stuff, and they then now they're like, "Well, we're stuck in the mud. We don't know where we're going with this anymore." I thought it was a, a, at least a somewhat creative way to screw Naomi this week, uh, with with Sonya coming out and and to me, I, bullcrap rules. But well, yeah, to me that that pisses your fans off. I don't think it gets any heat on her. What thing pissed me off is the billion dollar fine for Brock Lesnar. <laughs> the million dollar fine. You still can't get over. I'm that still game. saying a million dollars. I I missed something last week. 
<laughs> yeah, Wait, he, uh, he got Adam fined a million dollars. Well, I, I mean, I, I saw SmackDown. I watched a little bit of it, but uh, yeah. So you, you you didn't like the million dollar fine for Brock Lesnar being Brock Lesnar? Highly, highly excessive. <laughs> Hundred thousand dollars, maybe. Fifty thousand, okay, I'd have been okay with it. But a million dollars? Who who gets fined a million dollars ever? Well, you know, uh, WWE, I don't know if you know this, but they, uh, they've they been kind of trimming the budget there a little bit, so uh, maybe they were just trying to get... <laughs> well, they might need to make up for those budget cuts. Yeah, I mean, Brock Lesnar probably pulls in something about a million dollars per appearance, so he basically just traveled to SmackDown for free. Uh, yeah. So that's that's yeah. pretty much what it was. They just didn't give him his game check. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what that was, and they were like, go home for the rest of 2021. We got we to gotta have a good fourth quarter. So go home like, for the rest right. of the year. All right, I'm out. That's, that's pretty much what that was. Uh, I'm hoping, anyway, getting back to to Naomi and uh, Sonia, that this ends at Survivor Series. Like that, ha- that has to be what they're at least stretching to. If these two are going to have an actual match, do it at Survivor Series, right? Like, they got to. What are we waiting? We we do realize that this is the same show that. Um, we are still dealing with the aftermath of the Nakamura versus Corbin feud. <laughs> this is the this is the I same. Have dream, I have dreams about it. Oh my god, not again! This is the same show that they they had the Mysterios. They were doing a whole storyline with Dominic turning on Ray. Yeah. They get and drafted damn. to Raw, and they still doing the same damn storyline. Like these storylines. That's why I have. I, I, I want to be invested in this, but something tells me not to because I don't want to be disappointed in investing in the storyline and then there's no payoff. And right now, that's what it feels like. At least Sonya had the promo before the match where she kind of teases that she's going to have a one-on-one matchup with uh, Naomi. But if it happens on a random episode of SmackDown and not a pay-per-view, then what the hell have we been doing for the past nope. two months? Got to. I, I really thought that this was going to lead Naomi into the bloodline, but the fact is, Naomi, well, I, unless they're turning Sasha Banks babyface now with Shotzi being a, a heel, Naomi's the top babyface on SmackDown in the women's division right now, which is, again, mind-boggling that they heard the reactions that Shotzi got last week and didn't do a complete 180 on her heel turn, all right? Like, you need popular baby faces on SmackDown right now. And you took one of your most over people, one of your most likable people said to your point earlier and went, nah, we got to make her heal because we need Sasha Banks to be a baby face. So she can go up against Charlotte Flair. I guarantee you that's the thought process. Yeah. They're, splitting, they're splitting Shotzi's throat to set up Sasha and, and Charlotte. I well, welcome to pro wrestling. That's what they do. They will sacrifice one lamb for another. They don't care. Yeah. But I, I hate to see it because you're, you're actually, you're hurting the fans because they don't want to, they didn't want to boo uh, Becky Lynch. They no. didn't want to boo. They don't really want to boo uh, the, the, the boss. They don't want to boo her either. No. So they got a bunch of baby faces running around. And Charlotte Flair is the big heel, but I, I don't understand it. With all the talent roster they have, just go in there and dig and pull it, pull out somebody. How did you think territories used to make a living years ago 
with talent that was not ready. They told the story and have them do interviews that were believable, kind of. When I booked Puerto Rico, I didn't have any damn super actors down there. I just told good stories, and I didn't piss the people off with cheap finishes. And it worked. It took me about three months, but it started to work, and the story got over. But you're, you were letting people be themselves or be the character that they wanted to be most of the time and tell the story that you wanted to, you and you also knew what story you wanted to tell. That's uh, that's yeah, one of the I, key problems with WWE. They I don't think they, they don't know. know what they want to tell sometimes. Most and I don't I don't think Vince if they told him the story, I don't think he remembers it. Yeah, it's what I think. They said we're gonna take it to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he just maybe agree till he wakes up one day and said, what the hell are we doing? Or he has a bad day and he changes everything. So, and that's the way it works there. So here's another, here's another thing that kind of popped into my head earlier, because I'm, th- I was thinking about Naomi possibly going to the bloodline. Right. And then I'm sitting here and I'm thinking we really don't honestly, at least anymore on the main roster, see factions or groups that are mixed with men and women anymore we really don't see it hit row had b-fab for all of two weeks and then she was gone when they brought up sanity they split them up they kept nikki cross down in nxt and then they brought the rest of sanity up and then they were off tv in like what a month yep they said I mean, they they separated carmella and enzo uh, enzo and Cass from they've been doing this for five five years now I'm honestly surprised that Mia Yim lasted as long as she did in Retribution, and I think that's only because nobody gave a shit about Retribution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And Carrie and Cross, they, they didn't bring his. Is that yeah. his wife? Yeah. His they didn't bring her fiance. Yeah. So usually they're usually they're all right with valets. Like if it, but if it's, for some reason it seems like they don't want to have a group that includes a female in the group on 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 the main roster anymore. But even it if they have, weird. even if they have valets that have proven to be successful, they go away from that way too often. Because Selena Vega should have still been with Andrade and Angel Garza when the time that they separated her from them. Like they, they've been, they've been very much doing this where a female in WWE has to be their own character, has to be their own wrestler. They can't be a manager, a valet. They can't be in a stable. They have to stand on their own and be their own character for the three weeks that they entertain doing something with them until they just decide that they're just going to be in the shuffle and be used whenever they feel like, oh, you know what? We haven't used that person in a while, so let's use them. Where's Tony Storm, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, where is she? I was going to bring that up. I was going to watch the show for her, and she disappeared. And they were advertising another girl. What was, her yeah. name? what was her name? Zia Lee. Where is she? she no, she's just getting the vignette treatment right now. So I'm sure. Yeah. Did she oh, have sure. one tonight? Yeah. 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 So I she didn't, had I didn't see one. It. It, it was in between like the fourth or fifth promo and the first half hour. Uh, it was right after Reigns uh berated the Usos backstage that they ran the Zia Lee vignette. So we had 
We, it was right after Naomi and Shayna Baszler. Then we had Reigns berating the Usos. Then we had the Zia Lee vignette. And then we did the Ridge Holland promo. And then we did the Shotzi Blackheart promo. There was a lot of damn talking on this show tonight. We had talking before matches. We had talking after matches. We had back-to-back-to-back promos. We had promos in the middle of every damn match almost tonight. I understand you have, like, a fresh roster and you're trying to set at least make the appearance that you're trying to set storylines and you're trying to feature some new talent and you're telling your audience who this new talent is, but my God, they didn't shut the hell up tonight. It was a lot of talking for a two hour show. They crammed in a promo every second of the night tonight. Those bastards. (laughs) I think maybe it's because, you know, I, I like the final hour that we have to review and I like Wednesday so much. But that's what I said before. I I wish that WWE would find a medium between pushing a pay-per-view and not doing it at all. Because they either do one or the other. They shove it down your throat. They tell you to get the WWE Network or the cock so many different times throughout the show. It it becomes annoying. You become numb to everything. Or they don't mention it at all. Like tonight, where on the other hand, on AEW, they spent an hour really pushing their pay-per-view. They got got one more week and two more shows with a Dynamite and Rampage next week. And you would think that Full Gear was this weekend. By the way, they were pushing it on rampage where wwe they're two they got two weeks before survivor series and i think we're just going to see the start of the build-up next week on raw and smackdown here's here is the entire timeline for for the first from the start of the show we open up bloodline promo with the new day then we get naomi and Shayna baszler which had a uh <laughs> which oh, had go, a sonya deville promo at the beginning and in the middle of then we get the Usos and Roman Reigns backstage. Zaylee vignette. Rinch Holland talks. Shotzi Blackheart talks. We get the Garza Carrillo Cesaro Mansoor match, which had a promo in the middle of it. Then we get that pointless backstage segment between uh, Aaliyah, Jeff Hardy, and Sami Zayn. And then we go into Drew McIntyre. What, what Rick- was what was that? I don't I, know. I no clue. No, utterly clue. pointless. It was to get Aaliyah and Jeff Hardy on television tonight. That's what it was. And then we go to Drew McIntyre, who started the damn match with a promo exchange with Ricochet. That's how the show started. If it wasn't for for the main event and Ricochet and Drew, I would have totally forgot there was wrestling on this show. Yeah. And then we had happy talk after that. Oh my god. And that happy talk was they, just give me the match. I knew when the I knew when the Viking Raiders came out to the ring that this was going to become a match because I was like they're in their they're in they're their in ring the clothes. They're in their gear. They're not sitting down. This is just going to lead to a match. How about we get this over with? I don't need to hear Madcap Moss's awful freaking jokes that he read in comedy for dummies that he got from freaking Barnes and Noble. Like, I don't want to hear all this crap. Just get to the goddamn match. And then the match wasn't even worth a damn. You know, this is that, you know what they did? I like like the power slam on on Moss and he couldn't get him up. Yes. And he go up again. Boom. You know what they did, Dutch. You know this. Like they'll they'll get people, new people in promo class, and they'll and they'll make them tell a joke in front of everybody. Yeah, they basically turned that into a gimmick and gave it to Mad Cat Moss. Like well, they they missed they the mark. <laughs> they they missed the mark with that one. Oh, and by the way, after the match with the Viking Raiders and uh, Corbin and Mad Cap, then we got the Sami Zayn and hit and hit row. 
promo exchange, which, by the way, I, I don't get it. Was, I actually thought that was pretty funny, to be honest with you. Watching Sami Zayn, like, try to do a full rap with them before they started dissing him. I actually laughed out loud at that because Sami Zayn is awesome. But after that, I immediately remembered that BFAB wasn't there. And I'm like, this just feels wrong. I felt like that from the backstage segment. I was just yeah. like, this just doesn't feel the same. And then I listened to the music and I was like, I was like, I, I believe they're going to cut out every part of her in their theme song now. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I'm going to call a Monday and tell them that you didn't understand it. So expect Please. to call, expect Please. to call from Vance about Tuesday. All I ask, don't feed me yes, bullshit. Hello, all Rick. I ask, you son of a. Sense. Don't tell me lies. Don't feed me BS because nobody's buying the budget cut line anymore. Like it's, it's, nah. you don't cut 128 talent for budget cut reasons when you make 350 or $250 million a quarter. Nobody's buying that. Don't lie well, to me. Make well, it make aren't sense. they changing? Aren't they changing their whole operation? And that is part of it. That and they don't need those it. people. Uh, I would argue they need those people right now because you got a whole bunch of young people in NXT who ain't ready for the main roster. You know who could help you out of the main roster? Frankie Listen, Monet, if, if, if you Malone. don't get, if you go to developmental and you're not ready for the main roster in a year, year and a half, you need to go anyway. Some of these people they cut just signed like three months ago. Trey Baxter came into WWE with a lot of fanfare. Yeah. Like one of the Who's next Trey? top stars, and then they let him go. He well, was there he, for like three months. Barely used him. I'm they selling my him. I'm selling my stock right now if they're gonna do that. I don't heck, know. But heck with it. Now, granted, everybody bitches, moans, and complains when these kind of cuts go down, but we don't know. What these people are like backstage, we don't know their their work ethic. Not a hundred and twenty-eight of them, seriously. Correct. Yeah, but there's some of not them. Not a hundred and twenty-eight. I agree with you. Yes, I say out of if out of one hundred twenty-eight, you may have had ten, maybe fifteen, who were difficult to work with. But hey, when you start a new job, you're not difficult to work with. You'll do anything they want you to do. Yeah. So that is just a line. Well, he. I think the line might be they don't understand or they're not getting it. That would be more believable than they're hard to work with. But you can't find that many people. Cuts. Can't find no. that many people hard to work with. That's just no at all. It's it's the it I again I think the they're hard to work with or they have attitude issues when we hear that from people with inside the company to me that screams they got to the point where they were tired of their bad booking and started asking asking some well, questions or saying no and i think that's what you got hell we saw keith lee somebody on twitter this week wrote like the the bearcat lee was keith lee's idea and he actually found it and was like no it no, was, was carrying cross said nobody wants that shit helmet <laughs> And I told everybody, people try to tell me, oh, no, they're doing a tribute to this old African-American wrestler. Do you think the WWE cares about an African-American wrestler from the from the from the, the 60s? early 1950s? Are you kidding me? Are Bearcat, kidding me? right? Are, what? Bear, Bearcat, we, right? Yeah, was people the only... actually believe that. No. The only thing really? they did, people actually the only thing believe they that did right was. The only thing they did right was uh, debuting the Bearcat character in Cincinnati, and then they took him off TV, and they put him back on dark matches. 
Well, they have made a few mistakes along the way, as we're here to as as we're here to point out. So, tell you one thing, they didn't make a mistake with. I'll tell you what they didn't make a mistake with tonight is not having that goddamn uh, Nakamura there and damn the guitar player. I was so glad to see them gone. And I swear to God, after that match is over, I said, oh, my God, they're going to run them down here and do something. But they didn't. So I got yeah, we, I got, I got by that. We didn't have Nakamura tonight. We didn't have uh, Charlotte Flair tonight. We didn't have Sasha Banks tonight. And honestly, I, I didn't miss any of them. And that's not a knock on them. It was just nice to see some fresh faces. It was. It would have done better stuff uh, with them. But again, the one thing that I'll say that WWE absolutely nailed is King Wood's new music. His new solo theme song, the first one that he's had since he's been on the main roster, that thing slaps. I love the hell out of that new that that new theme song for him, and I'm so happy he has it. I'm so happy for Xavier Woods and everything they got going for him. I wish they had more on the line than bending the knee tonight, but that seems like a Xavier Woods kind of a thing. And, it and was, then they it, didn't it, even pay that off, though. No, no they, they didn't. Off, and no, no one bend the knee. They didn't even push it through the show that much. No. Well, they sure as they hell knew. did on commentary during the match. How many times did Michael Cole say yeah, it? But that was the match it? going on. You, yeah. you got to know about top of the hour what is coming up. And they had a good match. They, they did. did. Xavier Woods can work. Xavier and the kid, they had a good match. Oh, by the way, the one thing that we didn't talk about, uh, the match between McIntyre and Ricochet. Yep. Until Silver and Cole. That was my favorite match of the dang night. Uh-oh. Uh, that was a very good matchup, especially I mean, that finish. No, that finish they, was yeah, incredible. They did some good stuff there. The the moonsault into the Claymore. <sighs> oh, that's probably the best Claymore yet. Oh, easily. Easily. And here's the thing. that's that, Most of that's on Ricochet. It's just yeah. timing for Drew on that one. Everybody talks about the Matt Seidel uh, you know, RKO for Randy Orton. All Randy had to do is. Well, I don't. <clears throat> okay. If I'm doing a somersault, which I've never done and I would never do it, but you gotta, gotta be doing the, the move and expecting the kick at the same yeah. time. Yeah. We, we saw, we saw that's Riddle a, that's a, that's a 10 on that move. Yeah. We saw Riddle do this with Sheamus at WrestleMania and it was awesome, but it, it didn't quite click. And Riddle got busted open uh, pretty damn good uh, off of that kick. This one was perfect. Just executed yeah. to perfection. My hope is, is that finally somebody is going to look at Ricochet and see what he can do and actually give carve out a role for him, something for him to do of some significance on this damn program. Well, let me ask you something. What has been his problem? He's not the best on the microphone. He was okay tonight. He okay. Yeah, that that's the thing. That's about as good as Ricochet gets. On, but on tonight, that. all he had to do was kind of he had a story to tell, and they laid that out good. And he got in the ring and he told the story. <clears throat> now, if he's standing there and they say, "Oh, do this interview about and make it all up," he had somebody to bounce off of, yeah. and that helped him because I've heard that too. He's not. A, he's not a. He's not a good talker. But tonight, he was. He was fine. Yeah, he was great. And and I kind of believed. And when he said, I'll, I'll have to reach across and slap you, I guess that shocked people because that's not the way he usually talks, I imagine, right? No, it was no. very 
it was it was weird. That was the thing that didn't make sense to me is just sticking from a strict heel babyface standpoint. And I know not everybody's, you know, 100 percent good and 100 percent bad, but that was a heel move to do. And then he didn't do anything else heel for the rest of the dang match. It was almost like, all right, I'm just going to go out there and piss off Drew McIntyre. And then we're going to have a babyface versus babyface match. Still, it it was. I didn't view it as a heel move, honestly. No, I didn't either. I, I, I viewed it as a, a babyface that's standing up for himself or being a little bit more aggressive because he's on a new show. I didn't think it was a heel move at all. I, so. I like what he said when he went out there. He said, you go keep challenging people. And one of these days, somebody's going to come up out here and they're going to rock the boat or whatever. Then he, And that made him a little more forceful. And then when he yeah. came up and he slapped him, I got the people into it because if they had just started wrestling, eh, it would a bomb right off the bat. But with a, the jump start, the big slap, they got them going. It so, would have been better if it wasn't the ninth promo of the night uh, at this point for the third match. Well, Rick, Rick never stops complaining, does he? <laughs> it was it, it's it, one it, complaint after another. Wait a minute! Oh my God! It was just okay. a really good matchup. So how did fun, your wife? Fun how, how did you? How did your wife put up with you, Rick? I'm plugging my headphones. I can't hear shit right now. Hang on. <laughs> what was the question? How did your wife put up with you? I don't know. I've been asking that for nine years. <laughs> one of these days, I'm gonna. One of these days, I'm gonna wake up and be damn, I finally screwed it up. I've been waiting every day. Yeah. day. She's she has chosen a life of slumming it. God love her. Well, good. So, what a woman. What a tell woman. her my sympathies are with her. <laughs> Mine too. I couldn't put up with my dumb ass. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean that sincerely. <laughs> All right. So, is, there, is there any final thoughts uh, tonight, guys, on either uh, SmackDown? What was your famous part of SmackDown when it ended? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it would have to. Be, it would have to have been uh, everything that Xavier Woods did, and then the uh, the Claymore kick for sure. That was good. I have to agree. The Xavier match was very good. And who did he work with? Jay? Jimmy. Jimmy. Jim. John. James. Jiminy. 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 Young yeah, James. Jimmy young James. How did uh, how did Kofi pronounce it? Yuso? Young Uso. James Yuso? Young James Yuso. And then they just settled on Jiminy. Jiminy Uso. <laughs> and that was good. And what was your favorite part of, uh, of the AEW show? Pretty much all of it. Punkin Kingston was my yeah, favorite. Yeah, that was the favorite. That was the high spot of it. It was just a better show all around. So if if you had to rate the SmackDown show on a scale from one to ten, ten being the best, one being the worst, where would you put it, Rick? Six. Okay. Six. Sid. I went five last week. This was yeah, this was a six out of ten. I'll I'll put it at a five. AEW, where, where would you put them? I thought this was actually I, I thought last week was really good because of the two matches to start off. I felt like this was a more complete show because of the, the promo segment. So I would go I went seven out of ten, I think, last week. I'll go eight out of ten for Rampage. Wow, that's week. pretty good. Yeah. Eight and a half. Really? I'll I'll price is right the hell out of Sid right now. I'll go eight and a half. All right, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna go lower. I'm gonna I'm gonna go six and a half. Wow. Tough judge, tough crowd. I have a tough yeah. judge. Tough judge. Because <clears throat> I expect perfection. Now, when they can get there, I'll reward them. But it Judgment was a good show. 
Dun 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 dun. Hey, I I loved Kingston and Punk. That that might <laughs> that might have got the seven out of the eight that I gave. Well, that okay, I forgot. Actually, forgot. I'll give it a seven. Okay, I'm gonna say <laughs> but, but that that part of the show would actually get a, a eight and a half. Oh yeah, just that, that part. Yeah, after the part, after the was perfect. After the part that Rick didn't like, correct. Yeah, the part that just lulled there a little bit. Then when they got into it, he liked it better. Exactly. So, all right. Well, we do appreciate everybody who uh, who chimed in. Uh, DJ Eric uh, Punk Kingston promo was five out of five. We do appreciate uh, everybody who chimed in. Uh, the uh, the super chat. Everybody who. Uh, engaged with the show we really appreciate you guys sticking with us for the uh, full hour and 20 minutes uh dutch what you got going on where can they follow you nothing hey i'm retired guys i don't really have nothing going on i am going to be doing some signings coming up in the oh. next couple of months nice. and, the re- and the reason i haven't done it because they make me afraid to fly now but Everybody putting the mask on and fighting and all this kind of stuff. So, but I may be up in the Northeast here and maybe late November, early December. I'll keep everybody uh, appraised of what I'm doing. This is, this is, this is between my court appearances, of course, but I I won't bring that up. So which which States are you not allowed in again, Dutch? Several. (laughs) Nevada and New Mexico is one. I, I won't say what happened out there, but it was me and uh, my old buddy Jack Swagger. We kind of <laughs> ran afoul of the law, and so we were asked not to come back ever. So, hmm. and I haven't. So, if anybody wants to book me in New Mexico or uh, uh, Colorado, uh, Arizona, or wherever I said, don't don't <laughs> book, don't book me because I can't go. Just thought right. I'd tell you. Sid, you got your show tomorrow. Who's the big guest tomorrow? Yes, join us for True Hill Heat 150 at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel with special guest Bodyslam.net's own Cassidy Haynes. So yeah. gonna, we're going to be talking about this week's uh, WWE releases, John Moxley entering himself into rehab, and the week that was from professional wrestling. So check it out, True Hill Heat. You know, let me ask. Do. Let me ask you one question. Why did <clears throat> Mr. Khan of AEW? Why did he announce the news that Moxley was going into rehab? Uh, because Moxley basically uh, gave him permission to be the one to say it himself. Because he was getting basically written off of a. Uh, because he was in the tournament and stuff. So somebody had to tell us that he was getting pulled from the show. So Moxley basically gave uh, Tony Khan permission to do it. And this is for, is it for drinking or is it, does anybody know? Drinking. 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 Okay. First, like four pages of his book, uh, he called himself a borderline uh, alcoholic uh, when, um, and that was written several months ago. So, I mean, yeah. He's been having some issues uh, for a while and he decided to, you know, get help, which was a, a tremendous thing. And well, I, I knew, I knew, yeah, I knew he drank. And I'm thinking, I don't think it's for drugs because I never knew him to do, to do drugs, but he did drink. I mean, he slammed it down, buddy. He was a, uh, uh, read his book. He's, He's done some stuff. Uh, he describes how to how to smoke crack. I think. Yeah. No. He he describes uh, he what does. smoking crack is was like. 
did, did, did he say don't smoke crack? Did he did he smoke crack or not? Uh, in the book, does book. he say? Yeah. Or so, he he book. so he did smoke crack. Oh, nobody's answered me. I got it. He smoked. He smoked crack, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, at least he at least he admitted it, and now he's going to he's going to. Uh, I don't think he smokes crack anymore. I think right now no, it's just it's no. just the alcohol. Um, Let me ask you, Rick. Have you ever smoked crack? I have not. No. Sid, be, no, tr- I have not. be truthful. I have not. I have. I haven't done crank. Yeah, I haven't done any of the any of the done, harder drugs. Have you done cocaine? No. <laughs> Rick, I've never even seen it. Really? <laughs> no. Well, you little peas. Hey, I've seen cocaine. Yeah. I just never done it, dude. I. I live in suburbia outside of Cincinnati. Ain't a lot of just cocaine floating around out there. And hey, I this is the only wrestling we show. Do, you- we do heroin. In the- no, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> crank. He does that crank. Oh, man. We get, uh, we, get uh, we, really do ha- we, we really do have a heroin problem in the uh, in our area. And fentanyl, because uh, it's being laced with fentanyl, which is why I don't do this crap. <laughs> This is this is what I get to know, by the way, being a, a news guy on a regular basis. I just get to know all the terrible crap that goes on in my city. Crank. Oh, anyway, what a great way to close out the show! Fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll have some drug tests next week, ladies and gentlemen, to share with you. Yeah. So full, full results. Hey, uh, Sid, you know what you should do tomorrow on your show? You should talk about the releases. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I need someone. That. I need someone yeah. to remind me that. How, how many? How many people? Live. How many people ask you that today, Rick? Ask me that or tell me that. Uh, <laughs> I told you that. A few. And remember, guys, to put your put your comments down below. You're watching yeah. us on demand and drop a like so Dutch can have a whole new show where he can be asked about releases. Yeah. I just want to talk about releases. That's all I want to talk about. I mean, about. this is this is becoming like more annual than like AEW's pay-per-view schedule. <laughs> like we we get a mass exodus from the, at, at some point they got to reach an end game, right? But but let me ask you this now. All these releases, where are they going? That's what I'm saying. What's the end? Oh, you mean the people who, who Yeah, who I mean, where are the people released? So what I'm are they going to do? Ring of Honor just let go everybody in their entire company. We don't even know if they're coming back. They say they're coming back. One less place people can work. Yeah. So you got yeah. Impact, MLW. You got AEW, obviously, but they're they're they got a big bench already. Oh yeah, they. Where are they going to go? That they got to let somebody <clears throat> for everybody they take. They got to leave somebody off. Yeah. I mean, you you look at the 128 people that have been released. Okay, How many? So let, 128. Oh, I thought you said 128. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did say that. (laughs) I did say that. Uh, If you look at the 128, not counting the 18 that just got released, how many have been signed? Maybe 20 of them? Maybe 30? Not me. I don't know. (laughs) Hasn't been all of them. That'd be a lot of podcasts with these people. They'll be doing all that, just venting. But anyway, hey, I wish wish them all luck. I'll close out the show saying this. Support Indie wrestling because there's going to yes. be a lot of really talented high marquee level people who are going to be doing independent shows for the foreseeable future because there just isn't enough jobs for these people to go around you could sit there and say oh this person will be great in aew they can't sign everybody and by nope. the way sid brought this up earlier oh. sammy Zayn's contract is coming up kevin owens contract is coming up kyle o'reilly's contract is coming up johnny gargano's contract is coming up 
By the way, Johnny Gargano and uh, Kyle O'Reilly worked a dark match tonight ahead of yes, SmackDown. Yes, they did. Very interesting. What's that mean? Nothing. Uh, well, it, it might. Used to, it used to Listen. mean you were getting called up until Bronson Reed became a thing. I don't get it. If they don't know what they got in AEW, doing a tryout match is not going to remind them. Johnny Gargano was on the main roster in 2019. They've seen the guy work. Yeah, why is he doing a tryout match? I don't know. Look, I think this is, all right, Vince going, can I use him for something? If not, we'll let his contract expire, and that, that'll be the end of it. Because I don't think they – you you can see it. You can see it with the way that they're turning over NXT 2.0 now. They don't want to keep the old guard there. They don't want to keep the guys that have been there for a while. I'm stunned that Tommaso Ciampa defeated Braun Breaker. I really am that they defeated him. at. Uh, How at many Ciampa. people do they have in NXT right now? Oh, gosh. Any they idea, a, Sid? They got about maybe 60, 70. Uh, and they released if you 18. If you, uh, well, from NXT, they released maybe six, seven, eight. Something like yeah. That. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't cut all 18 from NXT. Um, Where did they cut them from? Some for, somewhere on the main roster already. Uh, some were, yeah, most of them, most of the, most of the cuts were actually from the main roster or yeah. people that haven't been used on NXT as of yet that were probably going to get used mm. or well, people who were on the main roster and returned, uh, to, yeah. to NXT. It is, it is still utterly mind boggling to me how this company could not find a way to use Ember Moon. Are you freaking kidding me now maybe she didn't want to go back up to the main roster which i don't blame her because she lost what 18 months of her career because they told her to go chase the 24 7 title yep the hell are we doing what do you 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 have frankie (laughs) monet frankie monet that was that could have been on the level of like uh aj styles for the woman where you put her on the main roster immediately she doesn't need to go through nxt but no she came back she lost her her third match on the on the brand, and then six, through six matches, six matches for the whole WWE, she's let go. You could have put her on Monday Night Raw, put her with John Morrison, make that an act that act that worked in Impact Wrestling, that worked in Lucha Underground, that worked everywhere but WWE. Nah, they can't do something that another organization no, they can't made do up. That can't, they do, can't that. do that. John Morrison has to meditate and wait for the Miz to get done with Dancing with the Stars. Yep. That's what they got to do with John Morrison. That and work him on main event. That's what they do with John Morrison. By the way, at least Frankie got six matches. Scarlett Bordeaux didn't get any. Didn't wrestle at all for the company. They just parked her in catering and said, now we don't need you up there with, with Karen Cross. You know, Rick, I sense a little anger in your voice. You need to You need to calm down a little bit. Oh, you should have seen me on Inside Cradle. We decided to go live for <laughs> And that Dutch, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm an overly emotional person. You are. I I am. I get (laughs) I swear to God, I think I've seen some tears trickling down and he quickly wiped them. I'm blind anyway, so he he quickly wiped them away. But I could tell you Uh, you know, Dutch, honestly, these lights are bright, uh, so that's probably what you were looking at there, you know, just uh, you know, kind of blind. (laughs) But uh man, in the moment, yeah, I, I get I get pretty heated. Yeah, you I'm do. I'm not gonna apologize for it. This is who I am, damn it. 
Yeah, we made a long trip with you. We'd have to pull over after about 100 miles and just beat the crap out of you, calm you down, <laughs> and then throw you back in the car. And it'd take him about 10 minutes to get worked that. up again. I don't think you'd do that because I got worked up. I think you'd do that because I wouldn't stop singing to the damn radio. Uh, that too. <laughs> uh, well, that, that that would play into it heavily. Uh, Any more to ben talk about? Benjamin asking uh, where Oscar is. Uh, again, we talked about this on Inside Cradle again, which comes out every Thursday at 8 o'clock on the uh, Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel. She's been out with an arm injury for uh, for quite some time now. So she's still a free agent, just like Bailey. Bailey's still with the company. She's a free agent. They're both rehabbing injuries. Uh, hopefully they'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. I think I did see a report that internally Asuka is listed as a Raw superstar right now, but that doesn't make a whole lot of that sense to me. That I don't think. mean nothing either. It that don't mean a damn thing. Damn That's, thing. That's I, words. I think they, could, they could use her on SmackDown right now a hell of a lot more than they could use her on Raw, to be completely honest. Or yeah, they could book Tony Storm. Why don't we meet back here next week, 11.05, and see if Tony Storm was on the show? How does that sound? Good. Let's do it. And since right. you brought up Tony Storm, now you you jinxed well, her. They'll probably release her next week. Just because you said something well, I won't, about I don't, her. I think next week I'll just be popping in because I'll be in uh, Minnesota for for Rampage. So I'll pop in from the from the arena. So you're you you're leaving you're leaving me. You leave me with a psycho. I'm going to be on location. I'm going to be at full gear. Because you know, oh, okay. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an AEW show to some people in the live chat, so I might as well oh, yeah, go yeah, full yeah. throttle with it. All right, good, that. good. We'll get it from you. I don't know where I don't know where these people got it that you're an AEW shill. I don't I don't know where anybody. I don't think anybody on this show has ever called you that. The, you you're the one that put it in their head. They're they're mindless. They're mindless sheep to the Rick Uchino bandwagon that you be spewing out here. You be getting all the big interviews, so they listen to you so much. But I, I'm the only person on this panel that's family gets paid from the WWE, but I'm the AEW chill. This is some BS. See, sure, see what he's like? Make sure to follow me at Rick Uchino, R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O, if you're on the Chino bandwagon. Uh, follow uh, Sid at True Heel SP3, and make sure to watch his show when and where again tomorrow, sir. True Hill Heat YouTube channel, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Special guest, Bodyslam.net's own Cassidy Haynes. Join us there and watch the replay of my critically acclaimed uh, most viewed episode with Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel. Oh, yeah. More watch that. Than, more views than Kenny Bolin. <laughs> yes, more double the views of Kenny Bolin. Ooh, hit him with the double. 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 Follow Dutch at Dirty D Mantel. We'll be back next week, 11.05 Eastern Standard Time. You've been watching Smack Talk on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, hopefully, we'll find the culprit who stole our video, and we'll have our uh, our entrance and everything back next week. We appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. See you, guys.